Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Derek Campbell, sitting in for Jeff Harding. Derek, how are you today? Great, Kyle. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am doing fantastic. Good. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. Life is great. Good. So, Derek, did you know that May is Older Americans Month? No, I did not. You didn't know that? No. Well, it is. It is Older Americans Month. Yeah, I usually get stopped at Cinco de Mayo and uh, that party <laughs> and fiesta. Get, huh? and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the rest of May is a blur. <laughs> well, be, being that May is Older Americans Month, um, I want to talk about some things that might affect older Americans. Yeah. So uh, as Americans get older, the CDC or the Center for Disease Control has discovered, frankly, a pretty disturbing trend. They have found that fatal falls are on the rise in the United States. Yeah, that's and uh, that's not that's not good. Yeah, you wouldn't think that people yeah. are falling more. In 2016, they found that a total of 29,668 Americans ages 65 and older died as a result of a fall. Seriously. In other words, falls ended the lives of 61 people out of every 100,000 senior citizens that year. Back in 2007, there were 47 fall-related deaths for every 100,000 senior citizens. So our trend is going the wrong direction. Yeah, that's extremely saddening. We're, we're headed the wrong way. One in four senior citizens has a serious fall each year, experts estimate. And these falls prompt nearly 3 million visits to hospital emergency rooms. Wow. So it's it's a serious thing. It's, it's yeah. a thing. We need to be aware of it. About 20% of falls result in broken bones, traumatic brain injury, or other significant problems. And once every 19 minutes, a senior citizen in America dies as a result of injuries sustained during a fall. So it's serious. And if you've ever known anyone, um, a grandparent or a great uncle or someone who who has fallen, you know that it is a serious thing. Yeah. A broken hip is uh, very hard to recover from. So uh, it's something that we need to be aware of. And with that in mind, Derek, I'd like to share a few things that people can do to help prevent falls and all of the extra problems that come with a serious fall. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, the first thing that you can do is to get stronger. So good, strong, solid muscles help people stay upright. A recent study by the School of Medicine at the University of Sao Paulo found that patients who engaged in resistance training, especially training of the legs, suffered fewer falls. And that, I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, a line of logic that goes there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Number two is that we need to practice balance exercises. Even simple exercises can make a difference. For example, stand behind a steady, solid chair, not one with wheels on it, but one that is solid <laughs> on the ground and hold onto the back of it and lift your right foot up and balance on your left foot. Hold that position for as long as you can and then switch feet. That's a very simple exercise. Yeah. Uh, but the goal should be to stand on one foot without holding onto the chair and hold that pose for up to a minute. And um, that can help you with your balance, which can help you avoid falls. Yeah, that's phenomenal. The next few suggestions come directly from the center of disease control. Number three is speak up. Talk openly with your doctor about fall risks and prevention. Tell him or her if you have fallen or if you've feel unsteady or like you might fall, review all of your medications and discuss each side effect 
like feeling dizzy or sleepy, and they suggest that maybe taking a vitamin D supplement could improve bone, muscle, and nerve health as well. But you got to be open and candid with your doctor about what's going on in your life, and hopefully that openness can lead to fewer falls. Number four, check your eyes. Your eye doctor is going to fix your... Uh, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I mean, that, that, that yeah, doesn't yeah. seem obvious Less on tripping, the surface. Right. But yes, if, you're, if your vision isn't working, you might be tripping on things, right? So have yeah. your vision checked at least once a year and update your glasses as you need. If you can't see where you're going, if there's an obstacle in the way that you miss there's a better chance that you're going to fall. And we want to avoid that. Yeah, I'll be honest. My depth perception has changed. Has it? And it's, yeah, it's much easier for me to fall to, to stumble, even at right? my age. Yeah. I can't imagine uh, having all the other problems with your eyes, you know, with yeah. cataracts, glaucoma, all those. those Whatever things. it is. Yeah. So get those eyes checked. That might help yeah. you not only experience a better quality of life, but prevent yeah. falls. Awesome. Uh, number five and the last one is to make your home safe. Most falls happen at home. We need to keep our floors clutter-free, remove small rugs, or tape them down and secure them so that we're not tripping over the rugs. Uh, add grab bars in the bathrooms, have handrails and lights installed on all staircases, and make sure that your home is well lit so that you can invo- avoid the tripping and therefore avoid the falling Yeah, and hopefully avoid the trip to the emergency room. Yeah, those are great suggestions. So yeah, just a few things that we can all do to help uh, prevent falls and, you know, even things that you can do earlier on in your life, like maintaining an active, healthy lifestyle, working on that strength, working on those balance uh, elements. Those are all things that we can do early on. And then as we get older, we need to continue those practices. And again, hopefully avoid some of the problems that come with falls as we age. Yeah. Active aging seems like it would also help in the recovery. I'm sure that it does. I mean, it has to, right? Yeah. If if you're healthy and strong and you do experience a fall, your ability to bounce back is going to be much, yeah. much enhanced. So anyway, just a few things to think about as uh, we talk about active aging. Today's guest, Derek, is Stuart Seidman, originally from Brooklyn, New York. Stuart played baseball as a youth and currently claims pickleball as his sport of choice and is an example of someone who lives the active life and engages in active aging. Stuart, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. But I think I'm in the wrong studio talking about older guys. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm in the wrong place. Is this the right studio? You probably are. <laughs> you're, you're in the right place. You know, we, Stuart, we talk about the active life at all stages, up to and including the old guys. Well, you know, chronologically, I guess I'm an older guy, but uh, I don't feel like an older guy. I can compete with most of the younger guys, and uh, I've maintained a pretty active, healthy lifestyle all these years, been blessed with good genes, so I think that helps. My dad lived to 100. Oh, wow. And was active until he was about 96, played um, played uh Paddle ball in Florida, three wall paddle really? ball, and he and his partner were about 190 between them as wow. a doubles team. That's awesome. So I inherited some good genes, and uh, I don't abuse them. I use them, and to the best of my ability. And uh, it's been a fun ride, and I hope it continues. I mean, being active, and as you point out, you know, strengthening yourself if you can, if there aren't any major health issues. I think all those things come to play, but I think you have to be motivated and somewhat have a passion for what you want to do, and then um, ultimately have that desire to keep going, you know? And I, I, think I that's totally, important. totally agree, Stuart. And I, I also feel like 
even if you don't necessarily inherently naturally have that passion, you can build up to it. You can find a passion. You can find a motivation. You can find a way to get out there and do something. You can. I mean, if you find something you really enjoy and it becomes a social event as well, I think that enhances it and uh, just gets you to want to get out there and do it. Yeah, And uh, as Mikey says, just do it. And if you do it and you can and you're injury-free, why not? You can just keep going. Take advantage of it, you know? And we see that all the time at the Huntsman World Senior Games, people who just embrace that concept. Absolutely. You know, I think... um, if I, you know, at my age group, I think, you know, as I said before, playing um, in a tournament, at uh, a singles tournament, especially at this time, uh, most people tell me, you know, you just show up and you'll win. But I think <laughs> at this point, I mean, playing singles for me is more active and more exercise, but yeah. doubles and a great doubles game is fun as well. So it's a great sport. I never even heard about it till I got to Utah. Really? I and thought again, it was a joke. You're referring to pickleball. And the pickleball. first time people ever yeah. hear that name, they do I thought do it was think a joke. It's I said, a joke. And all the friends back east said, you're playing what? Pickleball? <laughs> what is that? A joke? So I said, no, it's really a fun game. And uh, if you get into it and you want to be more competitive about it, you can. And if you just want to do it for socialization and some exercise, it's great for that as well. It's there as well. So awesome. Well, I want to get into that uh, pickleball aspect, but I want to to backtrack just a little bit and get back to uh, early life for you. Um, You were a, a, a pretty good baseball player. You played yeah, on a was. couple of championship teams, actually. Yeah, I played in high school, and we won the PSAL, PSAL championship two years in a row. So the first year, we played at Ebbets Field, the old Brooklyn Dodgers stadium. Wow. And that was a fantastic experience. I mean, anytime you walk out of a locker room and open up into that vast green arena, yeah. I mean, it's an amazing sight. Yeah. <laughs> And then the next year, I played at the Polo Grounds, the old New York Giants stadium, which was huge, where Willie Mays played. Uh, anybody remembers that name <laughs> yeah, that's um, awesome. and that was a, a huge experience as well fantastic i mean i i played shortstop at that in that game but before the game i kind of patrolled the outfield where willie ran and caught all those balls and threw yeah. that ball and when he made that great catch and flipped around his hat fell off and he threw the ball home i mean it was being like in another state that was so big that polo ground yeah. back outfield so and how old were you at that time uh, 16. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What so, an experience. So let me just ask you, at 16 years old, it sounds like you understood the history and the the significance of what was going on at that time. Do, do you feel like that experience maybe carried forward with you through the rest of your life and, and helped you kind well, of? Well, I do. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, competitive sports was always the thing I embraced. And generally, I mean, baseball being a team sport, obviously, but still, when you get up to the plate, you're on your own. When you're in sure. the field, you're on your own. But in a sense that, as in football, I mean, there's blocking and tackling and people open up lanes for you and stuff. So that's more of a team sport as in basketball. But um, I gravitated towards most sports that were independent of other people yeah. to do whatever you had to do. Boxing was one of my loves. I did that for a long time and loved that. And uh, then I got into squash, and squash was my mainstay in my adult life. I mean, I ran a couple of pretty big businesses, and my staff, when I I played it generally in the morning, uh, and if I didn't play and I walked into the office, everybody knew. They could tell. They could tell. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, it's going to be a different kind of day. But had I played squash, win or lose, and I walked into the office, they knew, oh, this is going to be a breeze It's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, so it was really fun. You're listening to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Stuart Seidman. Um, 
really a lifetime athlete. He's been involved in a variety of sports from baseball to boxing. You mentioned squash, currently play pickleball. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your boxing career. Um, was it amateur? Did you box any professional boxes? No, I Just, never boxed professionally. Okay. It was amateur. I boxed Golden Gloves back in New York. Okay. Um, and then uh, I really wanted to be a professional fighter as a kid. My dad was a fighter. Yeah, okay. And um, growing up on the streets of Brooklyn, there was a fighter. I don't know if you remember this name, but Tony Gennaro was his name. In fact, he's in the film Raging Bull with okay. uh, De Niro, Robert right? De Niro. Yeah. Anyway, Tony was a good-looking guy, and he used to fight main events at Madison Square Garden probably once a month in those days. Yeah. And um, he, I remember a fight he had with a guy named Fritzy Zivik, who was a bunch, they had uh, five brothers from Pittsburgh, the Zivik brothers. And Fritzy was a fairly what they call dirty fighter at that time. He yeah. did anything he could to win. So Tony fought him in that main event on a Friday night. The next morning, my dad and I were walking in the street and we see Tony walking up and down and we stop him. My dad and I knew him quite well. And Tony, look, he's really busted up. He was beat up. Really beat up. <laughs> and um, so my dad turns to Tony and said, you know, Stuart wants to be a fighter like you, Tony. So Tony says to me, look at me. He said, no, no, you look at me, kid. So I said, okay. And I'm looking at him and it's not a pleasant sight. Right. And he says, uh, you want to be a fighter, huh? Well, kid, you ain't going to be a fighter. You're going to go to school and that's what you're <laughs> going to do and no more fighting for you. But and after the, and I still, started your squash career. <laughs> well, no, I still I told my dad because I was about twelve. I said, yeah. Dad, I still like to be a fighter. He yeah. said, nah, I don't think so. And my mother kind of quashed. She it. didn't watch. But it I loved either. it. And then in my later years, I trained with Jerry Cooney, the former you know great white hope who fought Larry Holmes for the yeah. championship. So I trained with Jerry for two years when I was about fifty years old. So that oh, was wow. a great experience, and I was in great shape at that point. So at any rate, but I got into squash, and squash was my mainstay. Played it all over the world, tournaments all over the world, and it was something I really loved and enjoyed. So yeah. and it kept me in great shape mentally and physically. Well, there's definitely both aspects Absolutely. Of, of that yeah. game, as well as so many other sports. Sure. Um, let's shift to pickleball just a little bit. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that you were unaware of the sport until you moved into the state of Utah. Right. There might be people that are still unaware of pickleball. Explain what the sport is and how it works. Well, pickleball is played on a half-size tennis court. In other words, you can get two pickleball courts on one tennis court. And it's a game played with a wood paddle. And the ball is about the size of a baseball, but it's got holes in it like a wiffle ball. Yeah. And right now, there are about four or five different kind of balls that people are playing with. Some are faster, some are slower. Uh, the better players like the faster ball, and different players like the slower ball. But I think overall, I mean, it plays both as a doubles game and as a singles game. In doubles, it's um, you don't run as much, so it's good for the older folks that can't run as much as they Thinking used to. Around. There are a lot of converted tennis players that are now playing pickleball uh, because of the fact that they don't have to run as much. And it's very social, and it's good for your reflex action as well. And as you were talking before about falling, I mean, there are a number of people where we live, and we have six courts now, and they're building uh, eight more and um, it's just the fact that you see people fall occasionally. Yeah. And um, either they're not moving their feet properly or they don't have the proper balance, as you were talking before, about some of the exercise you can do to improve that. And I think some of them get on the court without really stretching or warming up, and they really should do that in yeah. any sport. 
So I think those are the things that some of them are missing. But once they get into it, um, I think most people, even if they're not great at it, they're just having so much fun. And I think that's the point of it, getting out there, having fun, getting a little exercise and uh, enjoying the experience. Well, I, I can say that's one of the things that I most love about pickleball is that if you have just a marginal level of coordination, mm-hmm. you can step onto a pickleball court and you can play the game. Correct. And that's not true of every sport. No. You, you can't just walk out on a golf course and play golf. No. You just can't. No. And you can't really walk on a tennis court and just play tennis. I mean, you're probably going to hit that ball over the fence yeah, and yeah. be chasing it, you know. Uh, but pickleball is a sport where... If you can move around a little bit and you have some eye-hand coordination, right. you can play the game. And then, of course, the more you play, the better you get. And you pick up skills and, you know, right. you just advance your, your gameplay. But to me, that's that's the real appeal of pickleball. And crazy name, you know, just discount the crazy name. It's a great sport. It's it a lot of fun. And people really enjoy playing and it. And from what I hear, it's the fastest growing racket sport in the country right it now. It is. Yeah, yeah it it's is. It's growing by leaps and bounds because the younger people are getting into it. They're picking it, it up. You know, we were involved as a, a ad agency that I owned. We had a major tennis client, and I knew most of the great tennis players from, especially the Australians that were dominating tennis for years, yeah. the Rod Lavers and the John Newcombs and all those folks. But this is a game that I think if it gets, I know Andy Roddick is playing it now. In fact, I saw really? a video with Roddick and um, Agassi playing doubles against another a two pickleball. guys. Pickleball. That's awesome. It was at a private home, I think, in uh, Texas. Yeah. And Agassi was playing for the first time, but you could see his racket skills. Yeah, I mean, he for had sure. it, you know, yeah. but he loved it. Well, and Roddick's been playing it for a while. So I think if they get more recognizable names in the sport, both male and female, even more people will get involved. Well, and it really is exploding. And, and certainly it's it's one of the most popular sports in the Huntsman World Senior Games. We were forced to close our registration <laughs> way early. You know that. Many people know that. Um, it's just the, the growth is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's fun. It seems a very uh, social sport as well. And I think that's part of why it's growing. But how is the social aspect uh, been for you? Well, it's great. I met lots of new people. I mean, you know, some want to play and some think they're good and they're really not, but you don't mind. I mean, look, <laughs> if you if you want to play pickleball at a competitive level, you can find those games. Yeah. If you just want to be a nice person and get involved in a social game and, you know, bang it around also a little available. bit, you can do that as well. Yeah. So you can make some people feel good about themselves that way without, you know, just trying to blast it at them and win sure. the point. So it's nice. And then you get to know people that way. And we've made so many great friends just via pickleball. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a lot of fun. My, my wife and I were playing, um, a few months ago and she unfortunately suffered a a kind of traumatic injury. She tore her calf muscle in the middle of a game. And so that game ended, but before we knew that it was torn, um, you know, she went home and I actually came back to the courts with my daughter and we just walked onto the courts and we met this really nice couple and, we're new to the sport. We didn't, we couldn't, you know, didn't totally understand the the serving aspect yeah, of right. it and how you rotate through. And so Story. they were helping us understand that. And we just had a ball, you know, just a, this couple that was there and they were willing to play with us. And we had a lot of fun. Yeah. I had one friend that came out to play and he said, you know, the hardest part of this game is keeping score. You know, the three <laughs> digits that you have to keep mentioning, you know, it's true. Zero, one, three or whatever it might be. You know. Yeah. There is that element of it, but 
but still great game fun to play easy to enter uh, the, the barrier to entry is very low yeah and a lot of people are embracing it all around the nation but even all around the world every every day on my social media feeds i see new opportunities in new countries i just saw that uh usa pickleball signed an agreement with china uh to you know a, a really? partnership where they can just expand the play and it's really traveling around the world it's a very exciting time to be involved in pickleball well, I heard about the fact that they're thinking about getting it into the Olympic Games. They're trying. Sure. You know? I know yeah. they've been trying to get squash in for years, but yeah. um, it'll be, you know, who knows? Eventually it'll get in. in, in interesting, interesting stuff. Enough. Now, um, just to kind of wrap us up here, you've been involved in activities and sports your whole life. I know that you now paint. Correct. I, I want to talk a little bit about that and how you you know, kind of achieve the active life by finding the balance between the physical activity as well as kind of the, the mental, dis, you know, the mental recharge of painting? Well, the uh, physical activity, obviously, as we discussed, is something really important to me. But the painting puts me in another world. I mean, I've been painting since I've been 10 year, I was 10 years old. In fact, I had a big show at the St. George Art Museum this last uh, quarter. Congratulations. From That's great. August through December. Wonderful. And um, and I have another one coming up in uh, Cedar City at the big museum there as well. Um, so it's it's something uh, I'm not typically a landscape painter, and a lot of people out here come because it's a beautiful landscape to paint. Why not do it? But I'm not that kind of a painter. I, I push myself to try to paint landscapes to challenge the issue, but I'm mostly a figurative painter. Okay. And I paint, you know, my routine is pretty simple now. I mean, I play pickleball early in the morning, and then I come home and swim laps. And then uh, as it gets warmer, I start to paint. And um, being indoors and painting for, I could be an hour or four or five hours. I don't know. Once you get in front of the canvas, you lose yourself in that <laughs> whole process. And it's a wonderful experience for me. And I've sold a lot out here. I, I've got collectors all over the world now. So it's it's just an experience out here. I mean, the landscape gives me a different point of view to paint figuratively, if that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. I mean, I get a different sense of what I'm painting here than I'm always painting back east. So it's uh, for me, it's it's all come together. You know, it's been the perfect storm to move here, and it's been a great experience, and we're loving it, and we continue to love it, you know? Stuart, I feel like you, uh, as much as any guest that we've ever had on the show, really exemplify the active life. We've had a lot that do as well. Uh, but you really seem to have just figured it out. We've only got about a minute left, but if you had some advice for someone that you could share, what, what would that advice be? Um, in a nutshell, I think be curious, um, get a passion for something, experience that passion. And if it doesn't work for you, try something else, but always keep trying and keep moving ahead. If you can, if your health is, if you're blessed with good health and can keep trying new things, just keep trying them until my father had a saying, keep punching until they ring the bell. And that's a great <laughs> metaphor for life. Think about it. Absolutely. I, I, I love wonderful. that. I love that. And I think that you're so right. You know, if, if you can keep that level of curiosity in your life and just be willing to try. And, and when you when you're willing to try, you have to be willing to fail as well. Absolutely. Right. And just embrace the failure, learn from it, move on. And uh, what, what a great way to live the active life. Absolutely. I Wonderful. Totally. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have to have you back sometime. I, I, I feel like you've got some more to share I with us. i got lots of stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Again, we appreciate your time. and thank you. uh, And it's, it's great to visit with you. Derek, um, just a reminder for everybody that now is the time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. 
As of this morning, we have over 5,000 registered participants. So We're in the thick of it. We are well on our way. We have a few sports that have already closed, including pickleball, uh, bowling, and a couple of others. But there's still 28 sports that are available. And even in the closed sports, uh, get in there and get your name on a waiting list because you never know. Someone might po- uh, fall out or pull out, Absolutely. and you'll have a chance to compete in that sport. So you'll want to visit SeniorGames.net and register today. There's no reason to wait. SeniorGames.net, get that registration taken care of. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. So you've still got some time to get trained, get in shape, get practiced. But now is the time to register. Once again, SeniorGames.net. And don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. Derek, it is easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. All you have to do is search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, hit subscribe, and you will never miss an episode. And here's something that I just barely discovered, and it's kind of cool, Derek. You can ask your smart speaker to play our podcast, and they'll play it for you. So all you got to do is ask Siri, Alexa, your Google Home device to play the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life podcast, and you will be in active life heaven. There's really no reason not to listen. There's not a reason to listen. <laughs> if you have an idea for the show or a question for us, shoot us an email at activelife at seniorgames.net. And our inspirational thought for the day comes from Emma Watson. She's Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter movies, if you'll remember. She says, courage is not the absence of fear. It's overcoming it. Until next Thursday, stay active.